Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on a 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Hello? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. My friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. Let's get things started this morning on Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. 670, the score with a pro better. My guy, Joey Kanish, drops by at Joey Kanish22 on Twitter, the self-described gambling Twitter DJ. Kanish, NFL week number six is here. We have to wait until Sunday for the first game of the week. We've got a killer college football matchup, some other good games this weekend, and the Big Ten, we think about a week away. What's going on, and how are things in the Great Lakes State, a.k.a. Michigan, up there? Joey, oh, baby, always great to be on with you. The Big Ten football action's coming back. It's going to be a heavy slate coming up, uh, and, uh, well, we won't uh, – you know, won't touch too much on how my Lions are, are, are doing this year. As, <laughs> as we thought before the season, Bears are killing it. Lions are, are, are in the dumpster. So um, excited here. We got a nice full slate of college football. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed here that, uh, you know, the, the COVID stay down and we can just keep rolling here through the end of the year. Well, as long as you brought up Bears and Lions, let's start there real quick. Uh, not so much a breakdown of their games. It's got to be tough to take the Lions as a favorite, even though it's, they're going against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But uh, Ed Salmon said something to the Tribune uh, this week, which I thought was pretty intriguing, just talking about the Bears and the Vegas perspective on this team, even though that they're 4-1, and one, the market clearly doesn't respect them after winning four of their first five games. And you can certainly understand why, a, a few of the reasons here going into this Carolina Panthers game. But Ed Sammons of the Westgate said, we think the Bears are the Lions. Do you agree with that assessment? it's a it's a a very interesting way to put it um it's a great statement because you could look at like detroit's at jacksonville right and they're laying three point if chicago was playing at jacksonville this week 
what would you guess the line to be? About Bears minus three, minus three and a half? Yeah, it would be north of a field goal, I would think. Yeah, and that's kind of where, you know, you've got your Lions play. Like, if Bears-Lions play, you know, this weekend um, on a neutral field, like, what's the line? I would say Bears, you know, a, a slight favorite. Um, I know the old line, you, you are what your record says you are. But, yeah, I mean, when you're, you're a dog here uh, at Carolina, who, don't get me wrong, has played well, you've got to take this, you know, in the situations where, where they, they might be overvalued, but where doesn't necessarily mean – that, you know, it's just like a blanket fade where even though they're four and one, um, a lot of the ratings and stuff are, I still kind of have the Bears rated. I, I would, from my mind, in, in a properly. I know they were a popular tease up this week, but, um, and, and that's been kind of an area to take advantage of them is where even though the offense is ugly, the quarterback plays isn't good, the defense is still playing well, they're playing close games. Um, and, and so there's ways to, you know, take advantage of it in a certain sense, but. That doesn't mean just like, okay, you know, they're four and one, so we can, and we don't think they're that good, so we can blanket fade the Bears now. That's not exactly, um, you know, what I would say a a winning strategy. Uh, Kanish, big picture, week number six NFL card here. Uh, And and I want to get more into that Bears Panthers matchup coming up in a few minutes. But I think about teasers, and they've been hitting at such a high clip this year. And the totals, we did see some this week actually settle in the high 40s here. And you have a bunch of short dogs that you can tease up if you're inclined to do so. The card looks like it's a great week for teasers, but if they're hitting at such a high clip, my first thought is why aren't the books protecting themselves against some of these teasers? A part of me, and I think we all do this as betters, is... It's never as easy as it may appear going into a week, especially when it's the NFL. So while I I say it looks like it's a week to bet teasers, I would caution people. No, and I I totally agree with you. We talked a little bit about a pre-show of just if you've been betting uh, the standard long teaser, you know, teasing down from seven, teasing up from, you know, one or two, you've had a very successful season, regardless of, you know, the the overall, even teams you put into it, um, standard teasers, uh, if you've been able to get those at 110, they've had a very successful season. Now, as you just said, we would, even though um, some of these games on the board do look very attractive from a teaser perspective, you would expect some regression there. So this is one of those things, um, if you've been on the train and you've been you know, winning through five weeks, very good. And that's one of those, you've got to have the discipline to where, okay, I'm going to play, you know, if my strategy is I'm going to go into the year pl- just playing the long teasers, I'm going to play them every week, I'm going to play the different combinations, and at the end of the year, if I'm getting a good price on those, I'll likely uh, you know, be able to hold a few percent and have a decent season. The issue is you can't be a better out there and now see you know, five weeks of success and say, oh, now I want to jump on the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. That, that's where I would caution people of um, they're hitting at a higher clip than expected. So even though some of these might look very good, I would expect some regression at some point. You're going to have one of those weeks where, you know, every teaser gets busted up or, you know, three out of four teasers gets busted up by an upset. um, And you don't want to kind of jump on the bandwagon too late. So even though Tampa and the Bears and the Ravens and the Colts all look very good, you know, from a just on the outset uh, of a, you know, a nice teaser perspective there, um, I, I would caution people as to see that, you know, they've been hitting over expected rates so far. And at some point it'll come back. And if your strategy isn't just to play them every week, picking and choosing can be, can be a little bit of uh, you know, get yourself burnt there in the NFL. 
Kanish, let's go over some of these week six matchups. And speaking of teasers, let's start there. I want to get your thoughts on a teaser bet that I place, and it involves the Bears, one of the most popular teaser options of the week. I'm kind of scared because I keep hearing people talk about using the Bears in a teaser, one of the lowest totals <laughs> of the week. It's sitting around 44 and a half, 45, somewhere in that range. And uh, the Bears' defense has uh, been terrific this year. The red zone stopped. Nice job, but the issue has been uh, consistency on offense. They go these long stretches in games where they're not getting into the end zone. The injuries are piling up for the Panthers on defense. Uh, Bears 4-1. and one. Panthers come in winning three in a row. I think Carolina actually has the head coaching advantage. Got to respect what Joe Brady's uh, done in a short amount of time with the Panthers. In my mind, a pretty strong teaser leg is you get through the three and through the seven. If you get the Bears at one and a half, it was two and a half earlier on in the week. North of seven, I, I still think the Bears are going to be in this game late, even if they don't pull out the victory. When Panthers are winning these games, it's not like they're putting these teams away by multiple scores. No, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, it meets all of your normal, you know, teaser criteria there to get you through the three and the seven. It's a lower total game. Um, if you want to talk uh, a way it gets busted or that is two things. It's one Carolina seems to play, um, you know, a little bit more of a high variance game, big passing attack, uh, you know, giving it up on defense to, the issue, and you know, anytime you're going to take a Bears teaser this year is if they get down, if they get outside the window um, and then you're having to rely on, you know, the passing offense uh, and, you know, Foles to get you back in with the back door or some of that, um, that can be, you know, a bit dice. That's not to talk people off, off playing it, uh, sure. but just, you know, when you're looking at game scripts of some of these teams, you know, you, you like to have... Uh, you know, the teams in the teaser that you feel a little bit better if they get outside the window that, that their passing game can get them back in. Um, I wouldn't put the Bears in that category of teams that I'd feel good about. But as you said, the defense uh, has been lights out up front. Um, and Carolina is a team that, that, that is, is just, I mean, you could argue bottom five defense in the NFL by most metrics. Um, so even though the, the Bears passing game might not be, you know, electric uh, or even on the ground, they, they, they've struggled in a lot of games um, that, you know, they're going up against a defense that that's been known to give up some points. So um yeah, as you've said, it's been a popular one that always makes you a little tepid when it when it's talking about NFL. Um, but you know, outside of just that, uh, you know, generic like uh, yeah, yeah, the popular dog thing, um, I don't have a lot of good you know reasons to to talk people off like the Bears and a tease up because um, it's not a it's not a great Carolina team by any means. Um, and, and the matchup, at least from you know on the defensive side of the ball, the Bears should be able to move, and they've been playing well at, at wide receiver. I, I mean, they've got you know and again. Foles says, if you've watched some of their games, he definitely goes through some possessions where he has some really, you know, tough throws to watch. Um, but I think their wide receiver play has been, uh, you know, pretty solid. Uh, and that's, you know, just the weapon. Even Jimmy Graham's shown a little bit of a pulse here. Uh, mm-hmm. It's something, you know, which has been a little bit of a shock to me. So they're, from a weapon standpoint, um, I think the Bears have been fine on offense. It's just the the quarterback play is really uh, – it can drive to drive, quarter to quarter. You're not exactly sure what you're going to get. Another leg that I like, 
And we had a COVID scare on Friday morning, but it looks like the Bengals and Colts are good to go. The Colts is heavy favorites. You can move that through the seven people that were going wild for Joe Burrow early on in the season, say he just covers point spreads. Well, let's look at what the offense has not done. I mean, they're bottom three in most statistics that you take a look at, uh, including offensive yards per play. They're number 30 in the NFL in net yards per play, taking offense and defense into account. And he played a really tough defense in the Ravens last week, and we saw what happened. They only put up a field goal. They are going against a pretty strong defense in the Colts. They did a nice job against the Browns. I had my questions in the first half, but in the second half, I mean, they, their touchdown was a pick six. They got a safety. Right. I mean, that's, the Browns weren't scoring points on the Colts in the second half. So I don't know that they're great, but they're a good defense. And Burrow's going to go against a good defense for the second straight week. It's a tough spot. I, I don't love that Darius Leonard is not practicing this week. Same thing with Mo Alley-Cox. But I think the Colts roll in a must-win spot for them. I don't want to, you know, go, you know, too much on the hyperbole here, but I, this Bengals offensive line, I legitimately think is maybe the worst offensive line I've seen in the last three to five years in the NFL. Um, it, it's up there in at least the the top three or five worst uh, over the last, you know, five years of football. I mean, you cannot function on offense with this type of offensive line play. I mean, I've been a Joe Burrow fan, obviously, you know, from the, the Heisman tickets to the LSU uh, to watching him play, but I don't know if he's going to be able to make it through the duration of the season. Uh, the games I've watched, he's taken hits. He's under pressure. They can't run the ball. Um, A.J. Green doesn't seem to be totally checked in. Um, so their offense is it, it just in shambles, uh, and, and it all starts up front. And the Colts defense can get you pressure, you know, can pressure on you. So it's hard to, you know, really have, have faith that the Bengals can do much of anything there's no real remedy for that. I mean, this isn't one of those things that, you know, you can scheme against when your offensive line is bad. It's just going to be bad. And and it it totally, it affects everything else you're going to do. And there's not much of a way in terms of things that you can do to offset it. It's just getting better players in there at some point. uh, And that's not going to happen this year. The issue with the Colts is man, the Phil Rivers uh, experiences no. has really, um, you know, hit it. Last week I thought he was, terrible um and the other issue is that ty hilton seems to be really long in the tooth now uh paris campbell's on the injury list michael pibbins on the injury list uh the colts don't have the weaponry to really overcome you mentioned mo alley cox they're really light at the skill positions right now um and they don't have a quarterback that, that that's really able to to offset that um as phil he's not pushing the ball on the field he can't move in the pocket um I think this is, you know, for, for one look for me, it, it's it's an underlook um, on this game uh, that I saw. You know, it's ticked off. You can find mostly 46 and a half across the board. Um, if I see a 47, I'm going to buy on that under. I agree with you that I would lean, you know, Colts defense is a real deal. I think it leads them to a win. Um, but I'm concerned a bit uh, with, with what I'm seeing, all aspects of this Colts offense. Um that that is another sense. You know, we just talked about the Bears getting, you know, back if they get outside the window. If, if Bengals are, you know, able to take a lead in this game, yeah. um, the running game, you know, that was what we really expected. Um, you know, what I, what I thought you would get from the Colts offense this year, right, is, you know, great offensive line, pound the rock, um, and, you know, Phil then just has to play action and make plays. When they get behind in games, and you saw it last week in Cleveland, when they get got behind down multiple scores, um, they didn't really have an answer. Because uh, Phil's not, you know, able to go these, you know, 10 to 15 play drives anymore of him passing it around. Um, so there's some game scripts where I could see it getting a little ugly. But again, 
Um, it, it, it's another one that if you want to say the best unit on the field, no doubt, is the Colts defense, having them at home um, against a really bad O-line and offense. So I have no doubt that that would be uh, a leg to play. Yeah, you hit on some key points there. Uh, it is early in the season, but Indianapolis is one of those teams that I think we have learned a lot. We, we've learned that even though he has a great offensive line, Phillip Rivers doesn't have it anymore, and you're right, game script goes against them. They fall behind by multiple scores. Look back to that Cleveland game, they're going to be in trouble, so they're not a real threat to go deep. They may win their division. That is a possibility. They can come back and do that, but as far as making a deep run, I don't really see that happen. And ask yourself, this is the question that, you know, when you're going through, can this guy go one-on-one and beat Patrick Mahomes in any sense? Hey, you just don't say, no matter how good the rest of the roster is, Phil Rivers has passed the point where where he's going to be able to, to do that. So when you talk about, you know, you'd mention a divisional futures, um, I bought some, don't get me wrong, I can see it as far as AFC or Super Bowl. I, I wouldn't touch it there because I, I don't see a path um, – unless they get and, – and they seem totally adverse um, to, to, to changing out the, uh, the quarterback. I mean, Frank Wright came out and said this week that he thought Phil Rivers was the least of their problems. They seem to be 100% not considering a QB change under any circumstances. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, the score. My guest this week, Joey Kanish at Joey Kanish, 22 on Twitter. He's a pro better. Gambling Twitter DJ and Kanish, take us anywhere you'd like on the board. Side or total for week number six in the NFL. You know what? I tell you, this team has, has burned me uh, a few times this year. I was higher than the market preseason and all season so far on the football team. Our Washington, uh, you know, R- Rivera's here. And it's burned me in a number of senses. Um, you know, was on him last week. Uh, Ky- I really thought Kyle Allen was was a legitimate upgrade from Dwayne Haskins. You know, when Haskins came out, I was not a buyer. I was not sold. You heard a lot of the offseason hype. He was buying in. He was getting in that. And he's been disappointing, no doubt. And I thought Kyle Allen would be a nice upgrade. He gets knocked out early. Uh, you know, Alex Smith, it was a feel-good sense for about one drive. And then, you know, he looked, just to be frank, he looked like a guy that did not belong uh, on an NFL football field. So, I think Kyle Allen is back this week. The line for me was high. I bought some three and a half. There's still threes out there. That's still a buy for me. Um, on what's basically, you know, you call it a neutral field here, Give even given the Giants, you know, a point of, of home field. I still think Washington is a better football team uh, and I have them slightly rated higher than, than the Giants. So for me, that was a buy. Uh, I'm also going to have some, you know, Washington money line. Long as Kyle Allen is reasonably healthy, I like what else Washington has. Uh, you know, and this is, I think, other elements of their football team have played a tough schedule, uh, but they've got the, they've got talent. It, it just it hasn't hit yet. The Haskins, you know, turnovers and sacks were a major factor in some of their early struggles. Um, you thought we'd get away from that with uh, Kyle Allen, better system, a little bit more mobile, um, and so hopefully we'll see that this week. Uh, but I'm I'm not going to stop buying on on Washington yet. That's probably my favorite play on the board. There is if you can catch one of the threes that's remaining and see if uh, you know the football team uh, can get back on track and a wide open NFC East. Where it. It's been ugly, but they're not out of the the window just yet. It is so strange to see an zero and five team that at one point this week, uh, more than a field goal favorite <laughs> against the Washington football team here. And, and I think there's a little bit too much of an overreaction to what we've seen the Giants. Oh, they lost, but those were strong losses in back-to-back weeks going against the Rams and the Cowboys. And the big question is, can they score any points? Well, they can on Dallas, but how are they going to do against Washington and that tough front? 
putting pressure uh, on a quarterback who loves to turn the football over. He can't wait to do it. So the Giants, it's just not a team that I can really lay points with uh, based on what we've seen from them so far. Okay, good for them. They, they've been hanging around in some games, but it doesn't mean that in the third straight game it's manifested itself into a victory. No, absolutely. Um, and, you know, hey, flip over to another uh, NFC East game here. Some sharp people I know ate up the Cowboys when it was 30 earlier in the week. Now that it's getting down to one, um, and if there's a pick out there, I think I'm going to buy some Cardinals. Don't get me wrong. I was an Andy Dalton guy. I liked the signing. I think he can be effective. But here's the issue. The Cowboys right now are basically – designed where the offense has to perform at an elite level for them to compete and win games. I mean, Dak was having to play, I wouldn't call it an MVP level, but I would say the next tier down of quarterback in the NFL for them just to compete in games, much less win. So now you're asking Andy Dalton to come in. Um, and listen, I know they've got weapons. I know that they've you know been able to put up numbers on offense. He looked okay coming in relief last week, but, and I know the Cardinals lost Chandler Jones, but I, I, I think the, the hands-down best unit on the field in this week is going to be the Cardinals offense going against an atrocious Cowboys defense and Kyler Murray. And I'm okay going to be, you know, getting here down here. If this gets down to, you know, I can get down to a minus 110 and a pick. That's one I'm really on the lookout for that. Uh, even though I bought on some early Cowboys, I'm going to come over the top with some Cardinals and even have some liability towards the Cardinals on that side. Cause don't get me wrong. I, I thought the number was inflated, uh, but now it's getting right down in, into buying range for me on Arizona because if this was a a good Cowboys defense and Andy Dalton needed to come in and manage the game and make some plays, I can buy that. I can buy he can do that. That's not what they need, though. They need a deck playing at a super high level just to be in, you know, competing uh, and not getting you know, blown out of these games. Uh, and they've had injuries on the offensive line. They're not getting pieces back in the defense yet. Um, legitimate stat line that Andy Dalton would need to compete in this game is probably 300 to 350 yards and two or three touchdowns. So if you think he can do that, I think that's a big ask for a guy um, – that, don't get me wrong, I, I think is a legitimately nice option for a backup quarterback in the NFL, not a great option for a guy that needs to be playing um, at a top you know, five to seven quarterback level uh, for his team to win games. I'm glad you brought us there because we're going head-to-head on a game, Kanish. I, I do like the Cowboys in this game. I was hoping it was going to get to three. It never got there earlier in the week. But, um, you know, I, can't, I have no defense for the defense. I can't. Their defense is offensive. It's disgusting. Like we just mentioned that what the Giants were able to do, one of the worst offenses in the NFL and put up that many points. But I, I did feel it was a bit of an over-adjustment. It's going to be fascinating to see where the market takes this thing. And maybe we are at a pick em. At the time we're talking, it is Arizona favored by a point and a half. I'll say this. The Cowboys are getting healthier. Van Der Esch, Randy Gregory, not activated yet, but they're practicing in full this week. And as bad as the defense has been with Dak under center, net yards per play, they're, they're top five in the league. Cowboys haven't covered a game. Uh, the public clearly behind them. But I, I want to point to the Cardinals a little bit. And I do think that the downgrade from Dak to Dalton isn't as much as the market suggested, like a swing of five or nearly six points. I thought that was crazy because on the look ahead, the Cowboys were minus three. And it was sitting two and a half in favor of Arizona for much of the week. But I've got a point to this Arizona Cardinals team. They lose back-to-back games to your Lions at the Panthers. 
and then they go to the Jets, steamroll them as expected because that is by far the worst team in the NFL. Maybe this week we'll hear that Adam Gase is fired. Why is all right in the world with the Cardinals? Because they had an impressive win against the Jets, and we're just going to forget about what they were not doing offensively against uh, two pretty poor defenses in the Lions and Panthers. No, you know what, and, and and I can't argue with you there that um, you know it's funny because I thought that you know going into the year this was a real buy team. Um, I know I buying the you know the Kyler Murray hype in the second year of Kingsbury, um, and that the defense would be improved, and it's just not. It's just not, and now it loses probably its best player. Um, and... We were right for two weeks. We were right. <laughs> It was was looking good at the start there, Um, but no, no, it's been a fall off. And the other thing is, you know, outside of Kyler Murray making plays, you know, uh, on offense from himself, um, it, it, it's still not what you would call, um, you know, put it in that elite offense category there of um, I, I thought they would, you know, even be able to, you know, keep it rolling and outscore people with the defense struggling, but would have to put them in, especially after the first couple of weeks, as the over the last month of the season, uh, for me, maybe the most disappointing team in the, the NFL. But I'm okay here um, in a little bit of a buy spot here uh, on Murray fading the, the Cowboys defense um, and fading that Dalton can't be a, as electric as, uh, as Dak was. Here, I, I think we can agree on one thing here. Can we get a Monday night football doubleheader every week instead of nine, ten games at one o'clock Eastern, noon central? No, I'm with you. Hey, you know what? I love the Tuesday too. Do it Monday, yes. Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. I can do NFL, you know, eight, five out of seven days a week, baby. I mean, just, you know, as much NFL as they want to put on right now, um, whenever there is, you know, a random uh, open date, um, it's either I need a, a Sunbelt, a matching game, or an NFL game every day of the week, and I'm fine. Let's hit on that other Monday game. I, I love these matchups that we're going to see on Monday. So uh, early on in the week, I really liked it when it was sitting at three and a half Chiefs favored there going up against the Bills, an odd week for Buffalo with the short rest after the Tuesday game that you just mentioned there. They can't stop anybody. And here comes Pat Mahomes coming into town with his four and one record. Andy Reid with more time than your team and Pat Mahomes off a loss. And they signed Le'Veon Bell this week. That's a scary proposition. We see uh, three starters not practicing for the Bills this week. Uh, the number continues to climb, Kanish. So it's, I think people are realizing, oh, wait. We're getting Pat Mahomes at a pretty cheap price. Let, let's uh, let's buy some Chiefs here, and the line keeps jumping up. If you wait till Monday, it's probably going to be much higher than it is right now. This has a lot a lot of makings for what could be just a beatdown by KC. And you know what? This is where Uncle K got a little too cute. Um, and and I thought that Buffalo would take care of business versus Tennessee. Thought Tennessee would be rusty. Thought Buffalo would win the game. Um, and you know be able to get maybe a, a case KC coming off. You know not a great effort there versus Raiders. Be able to get you know a little bit of a discount on minus three. Well, what happens? Buffalo gets housed by Tennessee. This comes back and shoots up. So I, I missed the you know the early buy point there on the the three and a halfs um, that were out there. Now you said four and a half, five mostly around. And you know what? This is feeling a little bit of, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. Buffalo at 4-0, I was sweating some bullets. I might have said some things in the offseason. Not, uh, you know, <laughs> super tasteful about the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. And the Bills Mafia is, is, a, is a relentless group. So, yes, I, was, I wasn't a believer in Buffalo. Um, it was nice to see them get housed by Tennessee. And this is, you couldn't really ask for a worse spot to be, had your game moved, coming off a bad effort. Now you got a short week versus the long week 
you know, goat in Andy Reid there where he's, you know, in the lab for, you know, 18 hours a day, you know, you know eating chicken wings and stewing up, you know. Cheeseburgers. Right. Plays that nobody's ever seen before. Um, so, yeah, the, I think you'll see, um, as you said, this will probably keep riding up. Uh, wouldn't surprise me to see some sixes or six and a halfs um, on game day. And it, it's weird because they're it, it, from last year, their their entire calling card of, you know, ugly wins and defense and, and running has really flipped into um, – you know, more of an, an open offense and needing Allen. He had just, uh, you know, what I would call a, a 2019 Josh Allen game of turning the ball over um, and, and made a few mistakes. And, and, you know, with their defense not playing at a super high level, especially this week, you do that. Uh, you, as you said, you know, you're going to get run out of the, the show there. Um, so for me, I, I'm annoyed with myself that, uh, you know, I waited on it and didn't get a piece of the three and a half, but, but I don't see this going back you know any other way than uh up in one direction so it, yeah if there's a buy point um you know you probably get the best price you can on four and a half if, if you want the chiefs and then and then see where it goes from there gotcha does uh uncle k have a few more minutes to go over your favorite college football plays for today and talk about a sports betting controversy no oh, absolutely absolutely you know the See, hey, don't, don't, hey, I love the NFL, but the bread is buttered in college football, baby. That's where the money is made. Uh, and that's where, you know, if, if from when I'm looking at my, you know, ROI and the spreadsheets, the college football is looking very nice. Uh, the NFL, well, fun, um, has, not, uh, has not treated me as well. So I'm all for, for getting into the CFB slate. Excellent. We'll do that next. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. My guest, Joey Kanish at JoeyKanish22 on Twitter. This is 670 The Score on the Radio.com app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast early odds with joe ostrowski 
with you this Saturday morning, every Saturday, 8 to 9 a.m. Sports Radio 670, The Score, and the Radio.com app. We continue with my guy, Joey Kanish at Joey Kanish 22 Just went over all of our favorite plays for the NFL week number six. But Kanish, I know you really specialize in college football. That's where you make your money. So uh, before we get to your favorite place, we, we got hit on Alabama, Georgia. Yes. And, and the over-adjustment that we saw when we found out that Nick Saban tested positive for COVID-19 and the sports betting market went wild for a coach who isn't even a play caller. What was right. your reaction to that? No, and, and you know what? And I, it's funny because you had seen um, – I saw when this came out, some people were doing some equivalency uh, to Mike Norvell not being on the sidelines for Florida State-Miami and Florida State losing by, you know, 100 points in that game. And don't get me wrong, the Sark jokes are great. Um, but when you have a guy who's who's coached at multiple Power 5 levels, um, it's not like Saban can't be involved in, in, you know, the game planning and that. So I thought that was quite a reaction, but... The Kanishi Moles were, were stirring um, last night that uh, there was some some info passed to me that, that Saban had actually, as of yesterday, they you know, retested, he tested negative. And if he tests negative again, he can actually be on the sidelines. And I saw a tweet from Desmond Howard uh, that said, don't be something along the lines of, don't be surprised if you say, see Nick Saban on the sidelines Saturday. So. With that said, um, huh. number one, I, I liked Alabama t- uh, to begin with in this game. Um, and, you know, it, when the number first came out and it was around, you know, the uh, the openers were seven, it got down to six in that. Um, I was able to grab a little bit of four. Uh, there were some three and a half that I missed, unfortunately, but I would still be okay here with uh, with a Bama four and a half. Saban or no Saban. Um, Alabama struggled mightily last week. Um, they struggled against Texas A&M on defense. Uh, struggled against Old Miss on defense. It's not what you would call a vintage great Alabama defense. However, you're going up against now a Georgia scheme that doesn't give you the same looks, the same trouble, the same you know play designs. Um, just the the same overall level. You know Lane Kiffin, I thought was masterful, masterful. Last last week uh, in his play calling efforts um, and what they have going down there and Ole Miss on offense. Now you go against a Georgia team that still, I think they were going to try and modify their offense some this year with Jamie Newman. Uh, Newman opts out. Now you're stuck with, you know, JT Daniels by all accounts. You know what I'm hearing still doesn't look totally right, you know, coming back from the knee injury. So it's Stetson Bennett. He doesn't give you, you know, a ton of mobility, um, a, a ton of, you know, he's more of a, in the pocket the passer, uh, their offense is very, you know, their offensive line and running game hasn't been, you know, absolutely fantastic where I thought, you know, what, what surprised me last week was Old Miss was able to just line up in tempo and run for 46 yards of carry on Bama, uh, which is, which is rare. You know, you know, you don't see Alabama get, you know, beat off the ball like that. Um, Georgia just doesn't present those challenges on offense and you flip it to, you know, Alabama's offense. And you're talking about for, you know, for my money, the best offense in the country with uh, Heisman contender and Mac Jones, NFL talent all over the place on the rest of the field. Um, and I just think matchup when, you know, number wise, do I see uh, a ton of value if you're just looking at it, you know, a rating or a model standpoint? Uh, no, but for me, matchup wise, this, this is all Bama. Um, and I think Bennett is just not the level of quarterback that's going to be able to keep up with this Alabama offense. And I think you're getting a little bit of value here with the Saban uh, news that dropped that pushed this back that we think one, um, he might actually be there on the sideline anyway. And two, 
should you know a Nick Saban not being there be worth two points? Probably not. So for me, um, I like buying up the Bama four and a half because I think if this if you'll see the Saban news come out, you know, later today or morning that he is going to be on the sidelines, this is going to go right back up to six, you know, six and a half or in that range. Um, so for me, I bought some Bama at four. I would still buy four and a half. Doesn't have to be a big game at all. If uh, you're going to help us out, the early odds listeners here, and you're going to give us some winners, where should we look? Listen, we're going to put on, uh, you know, our, our old uh, military uniform and go to the midshipmen here. Uh, you know, this is one <laughs> is where the line movement this week has been crazy, where there were some early sharp buyers on East Carolina. It actually shifted from Navy, you know, minus two and a half to, you know, Navy actually being a small dog here. Then it comes out East Carolina um, has some COVID outbreaks, but they're going to play. They're going to try and get on the ball. One of those of which is rumored, and again, not confirmed, but which is rumored is East Carolina starting quarterback Holden Allers, who has cost me a ton of money over the last few years. Uh, he did come through last week for us against South Florida, but overall, um, the drop-off from him to the back-off is significant, uh, and East Carolina is not a defense uh, that I trust at all to stop the triple option. They don't have, you know, your, your sizable D-line up front. They don't have a great history of track record of doing it. Um, Navy, you know, in games that they've looked, you know, when they got housed by Air Force, they were missing um, their normal starting quarterback there. Uh, he wasn't able to play, you know, due to the, the altitude. They had to play a backup. He was bad. Got him back last week. Um, and so for me, the triple is something that gives teams uh, who are undersized and have poor defenses like East Carolina a lot of trouble. Compound that with the fact that they might be missing their starting quarterback and some other guys on the roster with COVID. Um, I like Navy under three a lot. Uh, I've played some pick. I've played some more at two and a half. I, I think this is one of those, uh, especially if East Carolina is, if all of this out, you'll see this fly up. Um, you know, go past through the three on that on game day. Uh, it's one of those you probably won't know officially until, you know, an hour before when they're seeing guys in the field. Is he out there? Is he not? But um, it's one of those that'll, that'll late steam up tomorrow uh, for the early noon game if, if that he's out. Uh, so I would jump on some Navy now. I like it whether he plays or doesn't, to be honest with you. Um, but if, if East Carolina is missing some, you know, real pieces with COVID, uh, I like the matchup for Navy anyway. That's one um, that I would jump on right now. All right, um, Kanish, sports betting controversy, at least on Twitter. Oh, I love these. I love that's the, where you, you live, know, man. The, the, <laughs> that's where you live. Like, we're going to have to inform the people, to try to, and you can fill in uh, some of the holes here that, that I miss out on. But uh, the controversy over the last couple of days, and there's a new one just about every day. We talk about the 24-hour news cycle. It's the same thing as far as sports betting. But the latest is a uh, host on VEASAN, Gil Alexander, he was very upset about a bet of his, a future, a tennis future for the French Open, which he did not collect on. And he did at certain books. But the reason he didn't collect on it from the Westgate, also known as the Superbook in Las Vegas, is because of the rules. And back on March 17th, they tweeted out that French Open team pools are all refunds because they're moving it from May and June all the way to September and October. Now, Gil claims that he was paid at every other sports book except for the Westgate. And, you know, Twitter gets all crazy 99.9% .9 of the time when it's better against the house, the Twitter community is going to back the better because they can relate to the better. They've been in those positions and, um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on this 
because when you're not ripping people and you're giving your honest opinion, you're actually pretty measured on some <laughs> of this stuff as we've entered this age of where it's more about legaliz- legalization and not that the offshores are going anywhere, but some of them actually are going away nowadays. No, for sure. I, and you know what? Now, and this is one of those, I, I'll admit that I fell victim, you know, first hearing some of this stuff, um, thinking that it was, uh, you know, a, a pretty you know, cheap deal here uh, on the Westgate side of seeing as more information has come out uh, today, it, it does look like uh, that, that Gil, I don't want to say misled, uh, but definitely left out some information that, that, that would have been critical uh, to making a case. And so you get, here's the, the other thing is you mentioned it is how many people are just naturally as a better versus being, you know, someone who's going to take the side of the house. You know, people always want to be, you know, anti-sports book. And, and, and don't get me wrong, when the, when the situation crops up for that to be legitimate, I have no problem jumping on that train. Um, but as it seems here that there was a legitimate tweet that the French Open pools were um, reset there in March, it does look like um, that, that if you bet, made the bet on the app, you got refunded and you got voided. He made it at the counter. So the whole like, well, you know, how are you supposed to contact a person if, if you don't know they're but when it's a counter bet um and the other thing you know if there's one hole it would say that and talking to uh another respected bookmaker who works at a different shop in vegas he told me that if there's an area it's that they didn't have tennis clearly defined separately in their terms where if you when you're not able to you know you need the house rules especially when you're a legalized shop and this will go for, you know, we'll see this more and more here. Um, and you've seen it with some of the mistake line, you know, bets and issues that have come up, uh, you know, in the past with FanDuel or DraftKings, or should they pay those out? You've got to have it ironclad and tight in your house rules. Um, or you open yourself up to things like this, where someone might be able to use their platform when it's a little ambiguous to come on and then stir it up. And then, when you see, you know, some other books might be paying it for, you know, um, for promotional reasons or marketing reasons, or that their term stated that, you know, all bets are acting no matter what, whereas another shop uh, with different house rules and different terms says that it should be canceled. So for me, uh, you know, I, I try to side with the, the better in most cases. Um, for this one, though, uh, you know, it's, it's as more information has come out, if the Westgate wants to stand their ground, you know, I, I think they have some grounds to do so. They do like to have a very, you know, public persona. They've got a ton of people on Twitter. Uh, they're always, you know, trying to expand, trying to get the, I, I thought that, and this could have been for legality reasons also. Um, so that, that, that I need to take that into account. But um, the fact that there was no answer yesterday kind of, played into this groundswell of people getting upset um and as you said they they came this morning uh and came out and you know explained some and more information came out so i'm definitely less apt uh to side with with gil today uh it'll be interesting though to see how you know assuming this goes to nevada gaming um as kind of like a, a precedent setter in terms of, of house rules and that. And that's one thing for, for betters out there when you, especially in this, you know, COVID pandemic, you know, time frame of um, I'll give you an example. I made a, you know, a bunch of uh, game of the year college football bets uh, at, at an offshore book, um, uh, you know, a popular offshore book. Well, their term said that uh, the game is live action if it happens anytime before 12-31-2020. So their stance was, um, even though a lot of those games got canceled uh, or moved to, to different, especially the non-conference ones, 
they're not voiding the bet until uh, January 1st because, quote unquote, you know, theoretically the term said that, um, you know, the game, if the game happens before 1231, that, that it's a live bet. So even the, you know, the, I like Michigan, Washington, you know, all these, you know, popular non-conference games that I had, you know, made bets on, you know, in the summer with game of year line, they're not going to uh, refund it until it meets the stipulation of the terms. And don't get me wrong. I knew that. I knew that when I read it, um, you know, and I, I was, okay, but now I've got, you know, X amount of funds just, you know, tied up and pending um, for, for these months here that for games that aren't going to happen. But um sure. You know, that's one of those that you, know, you really, as just a, a general, when you're placing, you know, futures and, and in this climate, in this COVID climate, you want to be ironclad, take screenshots, read them up, know that, uh, be informed as you possibly can um, around the wagers that you're making. Um, and and sometimes you'll have a good case there. If the case is, you know, built in that to, to go at the house and other times, um, you, you know, you, you just got to, you know, take the L. So it, it's a good lesson learned. I'll be interested to see, you know, how it plays out on the back end. Know the house rules. They aren't the same at every sports Absolutely. Club. Know the house rules. That's a lesson Even to take Even state away. to state. Even state yes. to state with, you know, right. it, it, where you're seeing this legalization where, you know, DraftKings, FanDuel, um, all those are going. It can be different. I'll tell you, in Michigan here, you can't bet on FCS games just because the state legislator has, hasn't passed that yet. Make yourself as educated as possible. No question, Kanish. And I, I know one of the reasons that people are probably upset is because they find out it's a thousand dollar bet to win $30,000. So yes. it, you could yes. be led down the road of, Oh, they're kind of making the rules up as they go along. And because it's $30,000, they're not going to pay out. So no your rules. I know it's a changing space and it's hard to find everything out, but it's important, especially something like this. And here's the other part. He's a leading voice in the sports betting space. Yes. And we stress, know your rules. He has direct contacts to all of those people over there that could answer those questions during all those months and months and months as you have this open wager. Wouldn't you check in on that? <laughs> as uh, you know, as someone who's uh, you know, listen to Gil and kind of know some of his pet. He's a smart enough guy um, where it, it does strike me um, as a little bit odd or interesting that he wouldn't have known this uh, to begin with on the end. Uh, you know, I don't want to out and out claim that, uh, you know, he, he knew it was canceled and was, it was, you know, trying to free roll him or, or stir, stir up a hornet's nest here. Um, but yeah. As, as more information has come out, it, it does look like uh, that, that that could be the case. At Joey Kanish 22 on Twitter, gambling Twitter DGen. So follow him if you're on there. Uh, Kanish, thanks for coming on Early Odds, and best of luck. Thanks, brother. Always great chatting with you. Up next, we'll get some horse racing winners from Jim Miller, and I'll share my points bet, points betting pick of the week on Bears-Panthers. Thank you for listening to Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. It's Jim Miller time on Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. We bring in Jim to the show every week around this time at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. He's got some horse picks for you, but first... Uh, so many promotions, Jim. This name a bet thing. I get a lot of questions about it. I think you do a better job explaining uh, this. What is name a bet on the points bet app? Well, the cool thing on the points bet app that they're offering that nobody else is offering 
is this name of bet promotion. So basically they're saying you put together any type of wager that you want, go to the points bet Twitter account with the hashtag name of bet listed for them at points bet. And they're going to give you odds. So say you want to take the bears game. For example, mm-hmm. you could take, give me, okay, the bears plus three, but Nick Foles has to throw for 250 yards and David Montgomery has to run for 75 yards. What are my odds on that? And they're going to price it for you. And it doesn't have to be within just one game. It can be across multiple sports, across multiple games. Any type of wager that you want to throw out there, just go to their Twitter account. Again, the PointsBet Twitter account, hashtag name a bet, and they're going to price it for you, and you can place that wager. So it's something cool. If you can come up with something exotic, they're going to give you a price on it. All right, Jim, I want you to share your thoughts on what you think of my points betting pick of the week. Every week involving a Bears game, I'm going to use a wager that I'm going to make using points betting. And on this Bears-Panthers side, I'm looking at a revenge week for one Mike Davis. The Bears' secondary has been strong. They've been great against the pass, but they've had their issues against the run. They're actually second worst, the defense, an explosive run rate. And Davis getting all the touches with McCaffrey out. Big revenge spot for him. I'm going to use Mike Davis in points betting, which means the more I'm right, the more money I win to go over 70 yards. What do you think? Oh, I think that's a great wager because here's the thing too. Mike Davis, like you mentioned, it's not just his first game thrown in there. He's getting all of the experience now. And this is the way you're going to win the game. You don't need to go out there after the Bears secondary. You do need to go after their front four. He's going to get a ton of touches because really, honestly, Joe, they're kind of treating him the same way they have with McCaffrey. He gets all of the touches. So Mm -hmm. I love that wager. Think about it. If you're somewhere even around 95, 96 yards, that's going to be a huge return for you. Jim, on the flip side, I would love to use the Bears running game because the Panthers can't stop the run at all. They're even worse than the Bears. But I don't know that Matt Nagy's going to stick with the run. And I don't know who's going to carry the ball for the Bears. That's the scary thing, too. Is it going to be David Montgomery for 30 yards and Cordero Patterson for 30 yards? Or is somebody going to finally get the bulk of the carries? And that's the biggest question mark for the Bears is who is really handling the touches in that backfield? I wish it was going to be Le'Veon Bell. Unfortunately, it's not. (laughs) But, yeah, that's your biggest question mark. But you are right. The revenge game, the revenge factor, and a big game for both teams. I I love the Mike Davis play. I can't hate Le'Veon Bell. I would also probably sign up to play for the Chiefs and likely uh, have a good shot at getting back to the Super Bowl there. Uh, What about the horses today, Jim Miller? Three races are actually all races that could possibly have some Breeders' Cup implications. So start at Keeneland, race nine with the six, Reagan's Edge. Bet this horse across the board, eight to one, should provide a great value. Go to Belmont Park, race nine with the six, Mitchell Road. Again, bet this horse across the board. The turf could be very wet there, so it may play to speed on the grass if it stays on the grass. And then Santa Anita, race nine, the five, Warren Showtime. Just bet this horse to win, clearly the best horse in the field. At Hawthorne, Jim on Twitter. His name is Jim Miller. And, Jim, we'll talk to you next Saturday morning on Early Odds. All right, you got it. Good luck, Joe. And don't forget to check out my weekday sports betting show, Bet Sweats, with Joe Ostrowski, on the free radio.com app. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Follow me on Twitter. Hit me up there, at Joe0670, at Joe0670. Coming up next on Sports Radio 670, the score inside the clubhouse with Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. Best of luck, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.